GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Hope you had a good weekend. A memorandum of understanding between Gibraltar and Tangier has been signed, highlighting the links between both cities. Our reporter Kevin Ruiz has the details. Happy Diwali to our Hindu listeners. The Festival of Lights celebrates the spiritual victory of light over darkness, good over evil, and knowledge over ignorance. We hear from the president of the Hindu community in Gibraltar, Sunil Chandi Ramani. And we tell you about a play starting on Wednesday called Eggs, a comedy about female friends, fertility, and freaking out. Hannah Mifsud is the director, and she joined me together with Cristina Linares, one of the lead actors. But first, military veterans say the ongoing conflicts in Ukraine and Israel, Gaza, remind them of the difficulties that they faced in theatres of war, making Remembrance Sunday all the more moving. I attended the event together with several hundred other members of the public. There was a very warm applause when the veterans marched off. I followed them to outside the Holy Trinity Cathedral and spoke to a few of them there. Lee Russell, ex-Star Sergeant, Royal Engineers. I've lost a few friends myself and this is for them as far as I'm concerned. The way they clap when you march off, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. My name is Paul Martin and I'm a former acting sergeant in the Royal Marines. It's very difficult to put it into words actually, it's it's a very emotional day. Lots of grandfathers, lots of fathers, brothers, sons and wives gave so much for for what we have today. Uh, Louis Lopez with the Royal British Mission, I'm the secretary and the standard bearer. It's even more important now with everything that's going on. we feel for, for, for the people who are suffering at this time. I'm Edwin Redis. I'm, I'm one of those people who has served in the Gibraltar Regiment, both as a TA and as a regular. With current conflicts happening all over the place, it is important that we commemorate them, that we show physically how our hearts are really behind our appreciation for their service for, for king and country. Major Henry Robin Barton, but I'm known as Dick Barton. I just hope that we um, will learn a lesson from some of the, the films and the stories that go around on Remembrance Day and remind people that living together is an art. It doesn't come naturally to everybody, but it should be learned. Neil Wright, Captain, Queen's Regiment. On a personal level, it's thinking about two soldiers we lost and also two friends of mine who were then killed in the, in the Falklands. And also a number of people who I've met since who are suffering especially people out of uh, Iraq with PTSD and the other sort of unseen wounds that they have to live with every day. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. A memorandum of understanding has been signed with Tanja, uh, the mayor of Gibraltar, Carmen Gomez, and her counterpart, Muni Limuri, signed an official scroll in the presence of government ministers, a large group of distinguished guests from both communities, and... Kevin Reese. Afternoon, Jonathan. Melting pot of cultures, eh? From the uh, Hindu community know. to the Moroccan community, um, who on Friday were celebrating um, what's being described as a historic occasion. Mayor Carmen Gomez described it as historic. The signing of this memorandum of understanding between Gibraltar and, importantly, Tangier, not the wider kingdom of Morocco. Um, it's meant to strengthen ties. It brings us closer together. 
promoting uh, further relations, further work to bring our two communities together. Um, I think we have a few words from the mayor. For Gibraltar, this is something that was a long time in coming. I said so in my speech, and I meant it. It could have happened a long time ago, but at least it's happened now. And I think this is going to be the way for very good things to come from both Tangiers and Morocco and Gibraltar. Este acuerdo que va a ser una que va a abrir muchas puertas entre Tanger y Gibraltar, puertas económicas, cultural, turistas. Y como sabemos la comunidad tangerina que están aquí en Gibraltar, la 90% origen del norte de Marruecos es Tánger. Eh, por este caso yo he visto que es un día un poco especial. Kevin, the two, two mayors there are Carmen Gómez and uh, Tangier's Muni, Munir Limuri. Um, both there, Carmen making, um, of course, um, uh, important statement there, um, pointing to our past and... Um, the importance of the Moroccan community in Gibraltar. Um, she made references to, of course, uh, Morocco coming to Gibraltar's aid when uh, Spain shut the gate on us, as she referred to it. Um, and, of course, it was that Moroccan workforce that came um, to help Gibraltar and help us and get by during those um, uh, tough days. She says this is long overdue. She says this should have happened many, many years ago. She says Gibraltar took a different uh, path after... Um, the front are reopened, but at least it's being acknowledged now. We're celebrating it now. And um, she paid tribute to the Moroccan workers who made Gibraltar their home when they came here to rescue Gibraltar. And she looks forward to um, the MOU building on, on, on taking that relationship uh, to so, a whole new level. So, so what is a memorandum of understanding? I mean, is this largely symbolic? There is value in symbolism, not mm -hmm. to downplay that, but is it largely symbolic? One of the key questions I put um, to the people congregated there on the day, the MOU is not legally binding. So importantly, um, as um, it was phrased there, it depends on the goodwill of the two communities. Um, everybody was saying there's been a lot of goodwill shown in the lead up to the day, to the signing of the MOU. And importantly as well, and in fairness, Gibraltar, on the Gibraltar side, we can say there's been a lot of work um, towards developing this new relationship or re-exploring our relationship with Morocco. Of course, no doubt prompted by Brexit. Again, politics, the geopolitics of Gibraltar, um, making us look uh, down south uh, to our neighbours across the strait. Um, but we have seen, for example, at the cultural level, GCS have been organising cross-cultural events across the last few years before COVID even. Um, the Gibraltar business community, we do know they've travelled across to Morocco over the last few years, they've been on scouting missions, um, they've attended many meetings, they've been trying to um, establish new contacts and uh, widen their networking. We've had the Gibraltar Morocco Business Association host a number of events um, with the British... Uh, um, Embassy. Embassy. Um, we've also seen the establishment of the Straits of Gibraltar Association, which to a degree works as a de facto Gibraltar office in Madrid. And they're there trying to work that relationship and get things going. Um, uh, Gibraltar office in Morocco. In Morocco, yeah. What did I say? Gibraltar office in Madrid. In Madrid. You see, that's uh, my background. It just triggered there, no? <laughs> yeah, Gibraltar office in Morocco. That's the Straits of Gibraltar Association. Not going to get Father Stephen. Um, they've done a lot of work in Morocco developing um, that, of course. Um a nice one. The, the the king's cousin, the king of Morocco's cousin. Right. Um, I'm trying. I'm going to try and get her name right. Don't want to say it wrong. Lala Malika Alawi. Lala Malika Alawi. Um, she's member of the royal family. She was there at the event. Um, she was kind and she gave us a few words. Um, and I really enjoyed talking to her. 
You've got a few words. Well, I think the Tangier changed. So in the old days, Gibraltar was another neighborhood of the Straits of Gibraltar. So we used to come every week to Gibraltar. It was easy. We had the boat every day. So it was part of our culture. We used to watch the British television, the Gibraltarian television. So it was an easy way to come to Gibraltar. I hope, I hope, and we're here with to push to start again to have a direct line between between Tangier and Gibraltar. So I think Moroccans nowadays they will be very, very interested to discover or rediscover Gibraltar. What an interesting anecdote, Kev. Love a legacy. And Jonathan, you know I love to get drunk on nostalgia. Um, I love the picture she painted there. Um, of course, it was easier to travel between communities back in the day. There was also that Monscalpe and the, the, the daily maritime service. Um, and she was talking about that fluidity between communities, which has been lost over time. And I think a, a lovely ending to what she was telling us. She hopes that Moroccans and Gibraltarians can rediscover each other moving forward, based and propelled by this MOU. So, um, so it's covering culture, sport? A variety of fields, culture, sport, the economic even, um, all sorts. Um, youth, there are already many plans um, for, 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 you know, for, for the first phase of projects. John Cortes, who's also got a new responsibility um, with relations with Morocco, he was there but not in his official capacity as such. He was there overseeing, yes, in, in that role. But this, of course, has nothing to do at this stage with his new ministry, with his new responsibility. We will be seeing, they tell me, in the next few months, um, a few projects developing from this MOU, which, again, depends on goodwill. Um, let's hope um, both sides keep uh, the goodwill up. Um, and importantly, um, the many dignitaries, the many guests there at the event, I think everybody highlighted the same thing, the first priority. Um, those links. We need to prioritise either maritime or air links in order to get this going. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, and uh, as somebody who I think has only been to Morocco three times in my life, and I'm slightly embarrassed to say that, um, have you got first dibs on, on reporting on, on one of those? <laughs> Tell you what, it'd be, it'd be a great story. Um, um, there's loads for us to cover there. And there's loads, like like I say... It's, I, like, it's a different world and it's, it's on our doorstep. Yep, yep, yep. And, of course, we're very tied to it historically. Um, just that, there's a lot of information for us to mine for a number of documentaries there. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Diwali is the Hindu festival of lights with its um, variations also celebrated in other Indian religions. It symbolizes the spiritual victory of light over darkness, good over evil and knowledge over ignorance. Sunil Chandi Ramani is the president of the Hindu community. You do not have to be Hindu to recognize and celebrate Diwali. Diwali is a festival which celebrates the triumph of light over darkness, good over evil and knowledge over ignorance, which is exactly what the world needs right now. We will be lighting candles and diyas and placing them around the houses. Although symbolically lights are lit within and around houses, Diwali also symbolizes the lighting of the lamp of knowledge within us as individuals and in turn the importance of hope for the future for us personally. Diwali is a time for reflection on the year that has passed and to look forward with courage to the year ahead. And it is important that we do so. Diwali is celebrated with great excitement and happiness everywhere in the world and Gibraltar is no different. There is a great deal of preparation and activities in homes as families and friends gather 
to celebrate the five-day festival, which commences with Danteras on Friday and culminates on Tuesday. It is a time of being with family and friends. Much noise and activity is part of Diwali as well as celebratory wonderful food. I pray that the goodness of the festive season dwells within us all and stays throughout the Hindu year 2080. Diwali is a poignant representation of the endeavour for a brighter tomorrow. Here is wishing all of Gibraltar a wonderful, happy and enlightening Diwali. On Diwali, um, shops as well as houses are bustling with energy um, as prayers take place to worship Goddess Lakshmi, which is the goddess of wealth and prosperity. All of the Gibraltar Hindus will celebrate in prayer in their houses and in their shops. In addition to praying in our shops and houses, the Hindu community at large gather together at the Hindu temple to celebrate Diwali. This is an annual tradition of ours and we had over 300 of our community gather at the temple with much pomp to celebrate and share a meal together. Not only that, and in order to teach our young ones the importance of the Festival of Light, we also light sparklers so that they understand and can join in the celebrations. Sunil Chandi Ramani, president of uh, Gibraltar's Hindu community, who has a bit of a bad cold and wasn't able to be here with us. We wish him a speedy recovery and a, a very happy Diwali to him and all of Gibraltar's Hindu community. The victory of light over darkness. That sounds good to me. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. We're going to find out about a new local play, a comedy about female friendship, fertility and freaking out. Starring Gamper alumni Julianne Coling and Christina Linares and directed by Gamper tutor Hannah Lea Mifsud. Good afternoon to Christina and Hannah who join us now. Lovely to, to have you in the studio, Christina, for the first time, I think. Yeah, first time. I'm really excited, actually. <laughs> Good to have you, and uh, and welcome back, Hannah. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, so t this sounds like a really fun production to be involved in. Yeah, it was really, really fun. It's been a really fun process as well. Um, obviously, Julianne and, and Christine, I've known them for a very long time because we were in choir together and now they're all grown up, which is really weird for me in a way, but also very exciting. And I read the play last year and I really, really wanted to do it. And I was discussing with Tanya and then she met up with Christina uh, and she saw Christina and then Christina was like, oh, I really want to do something this year. I want to get back into acting. So, yeah, it's been really fun from my side of things. I don't know how you feel about it Christina have you had fun <laughs> yeah no I've definitely had fun I mean the last time I did a pr production well a play like this was back in 2020 during COVID times I did Lungs with Louis um Louis Emmett Stern and I loved it I love small more intimate performances which is kind of what this is going to be because it's in the magazine yes theater. exactly so I'm I'm really looking forward to it I mean obviously rehearsals can always be a bit stressful but like it always it's always worth it in the end for sure so um let's start at the top for me it's called eggs yes. yes why is that um well i feel like it's it's about two friends who are kind of kind of figuring out life relationships um work friendships and um i think it's called eggs because it's trying to it's discussing kind of how we came about and ex daily existential crises the characters have which can be quite relatable um so essentially yeah the 
Eggs as in reproductive eggs, then, not well, a, well, or, or breaking of, eggs. Yeah, or? Dif- different. There's also like actual eggs. There's okay. a scene where they talk about like actual like chicken eggs. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of discussion with reference to. Uh, fertility and like these characters are sort of they're a little bit older than Christina and Julianne yeah. they're like in their late 20s early 30s which is like I suppose the moment where you're meant to have like your first existential crisis <laughs> oh my god no no I feel like I'm having you're it having now and I'm 23 <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so that's the reason why um that's the reason why it's called eggs for lo- yeah because they discuss different kinds of eggs mm-hmm. throughout the play as well so yeah yeah and it's not solely just about eggs as well either, but yes, it's okay, metaphorical so, eggs. So, so uh, main themes then, sort of, uh, talk us through them, existential crisis, uh, you know, something that people in their 20s would, would relate to particularly. I to it and I'm 31. I think Early it's, 30s. it's, yeah, um, like the character that Christina plays specifically, um, she's kind of this like high-powered businesswoman and she works in like an office and she's got her life together. But then you realise throughout the play that she doesn't really have her life together at all and and um, she, she, she discusses a lot with the other character, the character that Julianne plays, um, that she wants to be a mum and that's kind of what she wants to do. And, and there's, there's a discussion on that. Well, there's multiple discussions on yes. that and balancing being a mum and being a, work, a working woman as well, um, which is quite exciting. And then also running through the play is sort of a, a motif, I guess you could say, about a friend that they both shared that passed away. Um, and you don't really know at what point she passed away, but at some point before the play starts, she's not there anymore. So that's also interesting. So it deals with loss and how we yeah. process it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like, I read it and I just thought it was so sharp and funny. And like, I was telling Christina and Julianne when we had a rehearsal on Sunday that every time they do it, there's different things that make me laugh. And that's obviously a testament to the script, but it's also a testament to them as actresses because they're very, very good. And I'm not just saying it because I'm directing them. <laughs> I'm saying it because genuinely it's very entertaining. Well, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people would agree with you who have seen uh, Christina uh, doing her thing, uh, and Julianne as well, um, in in recent years. So how are rehearsals going? Um, have we? Uh, are you moving towards Thursday and Friday? You know that you're Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday. Are you ready now? Or? Uh, Christina, are you ready? Um, I feel like I never feel are, like I'm are you 100... ever ready. No, I'm never 100% ready. But um, I think it's, it's different now doing these things, um, these plays and productions older. I think when you're a child, it's a lot different. You have to be more prepared. But I think Hannah has a lot of trust in me and Julianne, which we really appreciate. Um, and we can kind of do things on our own. Me and Julianne sometimes meet up and go over things. Um, so, no, I don't think I'm ever ready. <laughs> but um, I think we'll be, we'll be fine. And I, enjoy, I just enjoy playing around on stage and just having fun with it as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you've got to get something from it. No, you, mm-hmm. you, you've got to enjoy it and, and enjoy the process, not just sort of like the actual show in the night. No, because yeah, exactly. it is a journey, you know, um, as, as cliched as that sounds. Uh, so so you, you talked about the, the script. Uh, who, who wrote this? Florence Keith Roach. So it was commissioned for the Vault Festival, which is a festival that goes on in London. Um, it was in 2016, I think. Around then, yeah. yeah. And um, and it's it, she's a great writer. Um, she writes a lot of uh, sort of feminist, uh, but without being too... 
I, I hate saying in, in your, your face, face, but it's kind of like that thing where it's like everyone can enjoy it. It's not just for women or, you know, it's, it's, it's for... Yeah, it's like progressive, but without being sort of patronising, maybe. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Um, and like in general, I think she's a really fantastic writer. And um, and it's very, it has a very like fringe feel to it, don't you yes. think? Mm. Like yes. it's that kind of thing. It's like it can be done anywhere. You can do it in a pub. You can do it in the Incest Hall. You can do it in the magazine. It's like, which I love plays like that because you can really play around with it. Um, and we've kind of just really stripped it back, haven't we? We've mm-hmm. kind of got a set, but it's not like very naturalistic and everything's very mi- sort of... Minimalist, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think this, the script lends itself to lots of different like ways of staging it. And like, obviously, we've taken our own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been very collaborative. Like, obviously, I've had my ideas, yeah. but I really, I really enjoy talking to my actors and seeing what they want to do as well. Yes. And I'm um, talking about the writer as well, I think, in this particular play, she kind of touches on very deep topics like we've just discussed, but she puts kind of a comedic twist to it, which sometimes is nice. I feel like sometimes the world can be so dreary and we can always be worried about things. And obviously, you know, uh, life yes. is tough. Life <laughs> is tough. Always, like, yeah. perpetually worried yeah, about one exactly. thing or um, another. But it is always, as you say, lovely to have something to laugh yes, about. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So having that comedic twist and having a laugh about certain things in life sometimes gets us through it. So for sure, it's I like her writing and I like how she's written this play. Yeah. And I mean, to, to when did you start? I mean, because I, I get the sense that this has been brewing for a number of weeks, obviously. No? Uh, a been, while ago. Yeah, like a two while. months maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we we started do. off very slowly doing once a week and then we've kind of picked it up closer to the time. But um, it's been a while, yeah. I, I have n- I've never been involved in a production myself. I'm just wondering when you spend sort of two months uh, preparing for it and then you, you're on for two nights does that sort of is it is it always going to be like an anti-climax you know because you almost feel like you know you, you should hit you should have like a longer run and, and yeah and- um, I don't know because I yeah. feel like uh, this is probably one of the first productions plays that I've ever done where it's been so so slow and then maybe just the week or two weeks before it's we've just picked Picked up up. so really before i kind of was just going to acting lessons once a week having fun with it (laughs) and now it's like oh i actually have to perform this now (laughs) um so i feel like it's really the the hard stuff has been maybe in the past two weeks for sure yeah and there's something i suppose about making the performances that you do special as well Mm -hmm. like if there's if there's i don't know 20 of them then it might be harder to make 20 special yeah as opposed to just two Yeah, Yeah. yeah 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 And we don't have time. No. <laughs> I mean, Hannah probably doesn't have time to do like a week of performances. I wish I, I wish I had time to do a week of performances, but no, not but, at the moment. Yeah, sometimes it's nice just to put in two nights and we just give out all of those two nights and then, yeah. Yeah, I suppose I'm thinking at it uh, about it from uh, the audience's perspective yeah. as well. That it's a it's a small uh, theatre, magazine theatre, beautiful uh, yeah. flat bastion mm-hmm. road, really intimate, as you said. Love uh, it. But um, I, I don't know what the capacity is, but it's not large, so I'm sure that you'll fill it out both nights. No, yeah, I think we're selling thirty tickets for both nights, so there are still some tickets available on buytickets.gi um, and. Yeah, but it, I know what you mean. It feels almost like you're not reaching as big as an audience as maybe you would like to. Um, but that's kind of just like the lay of the land. I think it makes it more special as yeah, well. I love it. It's kind of like when you do something at the drama festival, for example, you, mm. you might only do one night, you might yeah, not perform yeah. it again. But there's something special about just having that one, you know, performance. It's a one-off live it's performance. It's a one-off, and exactly. And you never see it. it yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, for yeah. sure. Uh, okay, so um, it, it, it's... 
particularly relatable for people who are in their 20s or 30s? Is it appropriate for a younger audience? No, it is 15 plus. 15 um, plus. So that was something that was drilled into, be my ta- into me by Tanya <laughs> before I came. She was like, make sure. Uh, yeah, there's some like adult themes in it. Um, there's some swearing as well. Um, so yeah, it has to be somebody who's a little bit more... Um, a little older I think and also I just don't think young kids would get it because it's so wordy that it would be very difficult for them to follow um, so yeah it is 15 plus for sure <laughs> Okay and uh, and it's a second play in just uh, weeks that is going to feature um, Gampa alumni um, or, or uh, directed by, by yourself uh, I'm, what I'm getting at I suppose is that we're seeing now sort of Gampa maturing no? and, the, and the fruits of work for a number of years now beginning to sort of take on the next level Mm. of of sort of providing um, entertainment for for local audiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like... Myself, I'm a Gampa, Gampa alumni, so um, and now obviously I'm working there. I'm directing, um, and I obviously I, I'm not sure if you heard, but the principal of Gampa has actually left. What's he doing? Um, <laughs> not saying. I think he's working in the fish market. Actually, I'm not quite, be quite, sure. Quite a low profile. Uh, quite a low move, profile job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's left recently, and he was my mentor, and he was also Christina's mentor. And I think, like you say, it's really exciting to see sort of a new generation. Um, coming and like at some point I will leave and the kids that I will teach hopefully will come back to Gampa and they'll be involved in Gampa you know and it will be like a never-ending thing and I yeah. think that's the vision that Christians always had uh, for Gampa I think um, that it becomes um, something sustainable else. exactly and build, it just yeah. creates new yeah. stuff Exactly, and that it never stops growing. And, and you can see just in the fruits that Christian has put into it that, yes. you know, he really encourages people like me, people like Christina, people like Julianne to come back and continue working with I, him. And I don't think it can be um, underestimated how much Gampa has done. I mean, for me personally and for people like Julianne um, in our lives in general and also kind of reminding us how much we love performing. You know, I mean, I kind of took a break. I used to do a lot with Christian when I was younger and then I kind of went into swimming. I went to university and I've come back and it's great that I'm still welcomed and I've, you know, still got everything that I've learned and I can do something that I love, you know, in the stresses of life and being young and figuring things out. So I think it can't be underestimated how much Gampa, before it was Santos Productions, now it's Gampa, has done for us um, as an alumni, as people as well. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.